Welcome to the High Hopes Phillies Minor League Rundown with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen, where we follow the journey of the players chasing their dreams in the Phillies farm system. This week, we were back out in Reading recently and sat down for two great interviews that we're going to bring you today as we follow the journey of people all through the Phillies farm system. First, we talked to Kirsten Carbach about the trail she's blazing for women in sports as a broadcaster for the Fightins and more, her enjoyment of baseball. You won't want to miss that one. Then we sat down for a fun conversation with Fightins catcher Jack Connolly. Let's get to the interviews for you to enjoy, and then we'll come back and preview tonight's game. We're here with Kirsten Carbach. Kirsten, how are you? Doing great. Thanks for having me on. Well, uh, we wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, your time and your journey Can it get going from Clearwater to here. Tell us a little bit about how you got started. Back in Clearwater, um, mm-hmm. actually started when I was in college. I went to the University of South Florida. You're a bull, and huh? Yes, yeah. yes. And um, they had a, a small but really good student radio station and the sports department. I got involved with... Um, my sophomore year of college and I started working with them and that's how I first got into broadcasting Um, luckily it was in the middle of the Florida State League they didn't have a lot of broadcasts actually back then a lot of the teams didn't have it but um, coming out of college before my senior year I I did an internship broadcast with the Charlotte Stone Crabs and then right after I graduated got uh, the role as a number two um, assistant broadcaster with the Clearwater Threshers so that's how it first got going with uh, the Phillies organization back in 20. 13. Did you have a passion for baseball before that? I did, yeah. Um, starting when I was in middle school, really, I got really, really into following. I was from Florida, so Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, they were the closest team. They were uh, not the best back then, right. but, um, but I got really into following them and just learning everything about the sport. And um, I was pretty, pretty heavily into baseball when I was a kid. So, yeah, I already had that background. Before I even got into broadcasting, baseball was what I wanted to be around. Is that something you share that passion you share with your parents um for the most part yeah i mean my whole family was was baseball fans and Uh i think my siblings i have an older brother and a younger sister and we all kind of got into it around the same time um we'd have the games on all the time and um so it was uh it's just a passion that developed. Well, we first got to, to learn about you last year when you were with the Threshers. Uh, what was that experience like? Being with the Threshers? Yeah. Um, well, it's a little bit different than here in that Florida State League, obviously, doesn't have the same kind of fanfare. Right. Um, it's a lot hotter down there. But overall, it was really, really good. It was a great place to start my career. Um, and I was really fortunate because they were just sort of building their broadcasting department in mm-hmm. general back then that was only when I got involved that was the first year that they actually had a broadcaster um, full-time uh, or you know for all of the games or at least all the home games um, so I had an opportunity there to expand coverage and to uh, build a lot of our written coverage and video coverage throughout the years and it was it was so much fun and the, you know the people that I worked with were fantastic back then so it was a great experience you've had dual roles and that you're on air 
and then you're also behind the scenes. Which one do you enjoy most? Definitely being on the air. Yeah. <laughs> I've done, there's a lot of stuff that we've done, especially in Clearwater that with, with video um, and interviews and um, doing feature stories. And I, I do really enjoy that stuff. Um, there's the public relations, media relations stuff that I do more of now um, that I had a hand in my last couple of years in Clearwater. But being on the air is, is the most fun. And when you get a really exciting game to call um, or you get to witness a big performance, um, that's you can't beat that. What was the your favorite call from last year? Oh, definitely um, Florida State Lake North Division Series. Uh-huh. Um, the one game that the Threshers played at home, they had a late lead against the Daytona Tortugas that they lost in the top of the eighth inning. But could have been worse. Grunning Kumano actually started the season in extended spring training and was primarily an infielder before last year. Had joined the team, I believe, in June. Kind of played sporadically, but he'd played his way into the lineup because he was hitting really well. And he mm -hmm. actually, surprisingly, had played really good defense for a guy who wasn't an outfielder. Um, and, you know, he's, he's about my height. Uh, <laughs> he's always been fun to watch. So in the top of the eighth inning, the Threshers lost the lead. But on the um, with two outs on the, the play that scored the tying run, the winning or the go-ahead run would have crossed the plate, but Granny Kumana threw him out at the plate to end the top of the eighth inning and keep the game tied. Mm -hmm. He comes up and leads off bottom of the eighth inning and homered off the foul pole. Granny Kumani, who had about six home runs in his professional career mm -hmm. prior to that, right. homered off the foul pole leading off the inning after he just threw a guy out at the plate to keep the game tied. That was the most, ex probably the most excited I've ever been on a call. <laughs> Maybe a little too much, but it was, it was a lot Yeah, but of fun. How, ex how exciting is that to call those walk-off moments? That's You can't beat it. That, uh -huh. That's the best part of the job, really, is be, getting to be the voice of that moment when it's something so huge where everybody in the stadium is, you know, shocked or, you know, really into it. And you're the voice for the people that aren't seeing it. That's uh -huh. the greatest privilege of it. W were you in the booth by yourself last season? Um, for the most part, yes. I did have an assistant last year sporadically for home games. But um, the road games we did, I was by myself. And most of the home games, I was by myself. So, so the reason I ask you that is there's got to be a lot of games where it's a blowout one way or the other when when you have a partner in the booth you have somebody to kind of riff off of what do you do when you're when it's eight nothing in the fourth inning you know, it is a lot easier when you have somebody to work with. Because prior to last year, I had a broadcast partner in Clearwater. So when we went through, uh, especially our first couple of years, a couple uh -huh. of tough stretches where there were some games like that, and it made it a lot easier when we would just kind of talk about baseball movies or, right. you know, something that was relevant but not necessarily pertaining directly to what was going on on the fields. Um, and that's what you got to do. Even I think when I'm by myself, sometimes I'll do that you just start to even though you don't have somebody to bounce it off of you know you're talking to somebody out there mm -hmm. so um, I think it's the same kind of thing where you just try to try to bring in something else other than what's going on because maybe what's going on is not that enticing at the moment so you try to try to bring in something interesting to it when it's not a close game so now now you're in double A you're here in Reading uh, what's the experience been like for you in Reading and how's it different to what you were doing in Clearwater um, well, my experience is a little bit different in, uh, 
in terms of the public relations that I didn't do as much of in Clearwater, so it's more dealing directly with um, media requests and um, setting things up with the players and um, putting sti- putting sticky notes on their lockers, right? Yep, yep. yep. Uh-huh. that's part of it. Uh-huh. We've got a good little system. <laughs> um, you have them very well trained, I have to say. <laughs> I'm glad it works, honestly. But but I've known a lot of these guys before and had the coaching staff uh, back in Clearwater. Mm-hmm. So that's made it a lot easier, um, having the familiar familiarity with the Phillies organization with a lot of you know the guys that, especially the staff that mm-hmm. I worked with before. They're terrific. But um, the experience has been good in Reading with you know with the Fight and Phil staff. Um, they all have been terrific to work with. Um, so the job's a little bit different now than what I was doing in Clearwater, but overall it's been good. Well, in addition to to the the, the staff that you're now dealing with, you also have to deal with your your partner in crime in the booth and Greg what's that like um, give us the bad stuff <laughs> <laughs> I would never no um, I think it's been a good dynamic uh-huh. normally we stay out of each other's way in, in terms of play-by-play right. well they'll have a few innings where we're on together but um, otherwise we can we alternate back and forth we go two innings each um, for all the home games but you know we've we've had a good dynamic I think on the air and kind of give each other you know rib each other a little bit sometimes and <laughs> I think it's been good. Yeah, uh, with Reading, you travel a little bit more than you do in Clearwater. What are those road trips like for you? Uh, they can be very long. Yeah. Um, the last one that I went on, we went up to New Hampshire and then went from New Hampshire to Bowie. So definitely don't get that in the Florida State League. It was the <laughs> longest bus trip I've ever been on. Because uh-huh. for some reason, it took I was, it was like nine and a half hours, I think, to get from New Hampshire to Bowie. And... Um, um, the longest you would do in the Florida State like is about four and a half. Right. So it's uh, it's definitely longer, but it was cool to see different cities, though, and places that I've never been before in the ballparks there. So we, we often ask the players what they're doing on the bus trips when they're not sleeping. What do you do on the bus trips when you're not sleeping? I was reading and listening to music yeah. pretty much and trying to sleep. Um and that's about it. It works enough to pass the time. Eating, I bring snacks. Yeah. It helps a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the last one was really long, though. You run out of things to do after about six hours. <laughs> what, what's what's the experience been like for you, uh, the positives and, and the struggles as, as a, a woman announcer in a business that's, you know, dominated by men, by men as far as I believe there's five female announcers in minor league baseball? Yeah, and it's definitely there, it's definitely growing and Mm -hmm. it's been great to see that there are a lot more women doing this now because when I first started you know there weren't any so Mm -hmm. uh, in minor league baseball anyways Um, so it's been really cool to see that growth Um, my experience has been generally really positive I haven't gotten a lot of pushback in terms of having a different voice or you know even dealing with a team or anything I, I mean I've been in it long enough that I've kind of figured out a lot of systems where you're not getting in people's way or catching people by surprise and there's you know hopefully a mutual respect that's developed between me and you know the coaching staff and the players that I work with and I think that's a big part of it because that's one of the hardest challenges if you're a woman and just sort of thrown into that role Mm -hmm. Um, having to go into the locker room for instance is something that 
I was discouraged from doing when I was in Clearwater. So I have to do it now, but I've worked around it and figured out the best way to, you know, um, to deal with everybody and make sure that everybody has what they need without getting in anybody's way, basically. Um, so, I mean, there are challenges, but there are also ways around it. What other challenges have you encountered? I think that's the biggest one, yeah. honestly. Um, and then the other part of it is that some people will tell you that they are not as open to that different pitch of a voice. Mm -hmm. um, I've had somebody tell me that going into listening to my tape, mm -hmm. you know, somebody knowledgeable in the field, that they thought that it, they wouldn't like it because, you know, just already having that assumption that if you have a female voice, it's going to be annoying to listen to. Um, fortunately, I have not. Well, we had disagree, a lot of say but that. Yeah. I really appreciate yeah. that. Thank you. Um, but for the most part, the reception hasn't been like that mm -hmm. i've had a few people tell me that but um you know generally it's been really positive well so so, so you're in a, a media society this is, this is where you spend your time do you get comments on social media that you that you find hard to deal with or are you able to just kind of roll with the punches at this point i don't i know mm -hmm. other women absolutely do mm -hmm. and it's i don't know how i would deal with it honestly i don't think i don't use social media a whole lot um my twitter account is my uh, job related sports related account right. on social media but um i don't really interact or post a whole lot mm -hmm. um but i know you know and the other end of that like i haven't gotten a lot of response or you know negativity but i know a lot of women in the industry do so um the worst that i've ever gotten didn't really have any thing to do with that so um i've been lucky mm -hmm. but i know it's really tough for a lot of the women who work in in the sports industry in general i understand that uh some of the major league announcers have kind of uh taken to you and and supported your movement up including i believe one of them from the rangers what's what's that been like um well the phillies announcers are awesome because yeah. I, I actually a few years ago didn't get to go down this year but the last couple of years got to work with them during spring training um, Scott Fransky and Larry uh -huh. Anderson I did a game or two with oh you gotta um, tell us what's that like <laughs> what's awesome. it like working with Larry Anderson it was great it was really great honestly uh -huh. um, he's really really easy just to have a conversation with uh -huh. and um, obviously the insight that he brings into it is just it's I learned something just from working with him yeah. and he's very very easygoing well, about I, it too, I haven't so noticed you awesome. criticizing the umpires though oh, that's well, his I, thing you know, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not going to get on board with that. That's that's LA's thing. Yeah. Did you get a chance to work with the TV guys? No, no. I've I've met them several times mm -hmm. um, getting to be around the team during spring training when I was in Clearwater, but I've not actually worked with them. We're used to asking um, the players, you know, how often do they think about making it to the major leagues? How often do you think about making it to the major leagues and becoming an announcer there? Really, most mostly just when I'm asked about it. Uh -huh. um, otherwise, it's... Oops, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, it's... Uh, 
it's usually just trying to figure out what the next step is uh-huh. and that's not necessarily going to be directly to the major leagues uh-huh. um i know there's no direct route and um it's different for everybody some people come straight th- straight up through the minor leagues right. um in some instances normally takes a very long time though mm-hmm. um you know a lot of a lot of those guys work for networks or you know espn um so there's it's really just thinking about what what's next and trying to try to figure that out more so than thinking about um actually being in the major leagues it's you know it's a goal but it still seems like it's of a very uh high-end aspiration yeah and and so what do you do on the off season um it's been different every single year this year i will be here um working full-time as public relations oh you're gonna get to see snow huh yeah Yeah? absolutely yeah (laughs) i did last year too so it's uh definitely different so um thank you for taking the time we really appreciate it absolutely thank you so much take care we're here with Jack Conley at Baseball Town. Jack, how you doing? Good. How are you? Good. So, uh, tell us what it's been like your first couple of weeks up here in Reading. Um, atmosphere's definitely been a whole lot better. Um, team's great. Can't complain. It's been a it's been a fun ride for me so far. What's this this season been like for you? <laughs> pretty crazy honestly I started an extended spring training um, stayed there for about two three weeks got moved up to low a stayed there for about two or three weeks moved up to high high a stayed there for a month and now I'm here so good but you know just keep working and see what happens I guess as a guy you're from North Carolina yes sir Uh, what's what's it like to be playing up north Uh, better than down south but in all honesty I think it's hotter here. <laughs> <laughs> one, one of the things, we talked to Spencer Howard a few weeks ago, and Spencer said that for pitchers, the most difficult part of, of playing in clear water is the weather, that the, yes. the humidity is makes it very difficult yes. to grip the ball. Mm-hmm. Is that something that, that you talk to your pitchers about when they come down there? Um, from time to time, depending on the guys. But yeah. uh, So our spring training is in Florida, so most of the guys are pretty like, uh, they, they know the deal, sort of. But uh, when it gets in the middle of July, <laughs> people start sweating, and it gets pretty hard to grip the ball. So, well, well, so how about for you? You have to grip the ball too. So, so is it? Does it become difficult during the game? Uh, it you does. Have, do you have a rosin bag behind home plate? I do not. Yeah. It does become difficult, but uh-huh. uh, I'm not a pitcher, so I can't make excuses. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta just somehow get the job done. You know. Well, you're also the guy who has the most equipment on. So, how difficult yeah. is it in Clearwater in the middle uh, of the summer to be wearing all that equipment? Oh, you're drenched in sweat i'd say the hardest part is getting up to hit after a long inning it gets pretty tough so so what do you what do you do to keep yourself in shape for those kind of those kind of warm days to keep myself in shape i mean we got a pretty good uh weight program and they keep us pretty conditioned so it's not too too difficult but cold towels anything you can do to just stay cool and keep it locked in for nine innings you um you were drafted by the red sox out of high school yes sir and made the decision instead to go to college to nc state Mm -hmm. um what went into that decision for you um a lot of i was a pretty raw player uh so i thought you know going to college get more experience before i go in i was a young kid um and then on top of that my mom really wanted me to go to college so i wound up going to college instead of taking the the high school route out of high school so what was the benefit to you if any to go to go to college as opposed to go straight to the pros 
Um, it's tough to find a benefit. I didn't play much in college, but uh, I would say you learn more. They teach you more specific. There's more uh, sort of hands-on here. It's sort of like uh, on your own because it's your own career. Right. But, uh, I mean, they teach you a lot of stuff here. I would just say knowing how to sort of deal with people and it matures you a little bit college so I would say it benefited me in just maturing to the game and knowing what it's like to be away from home and stuff like that. What's it like to go from a college schedule where you're, you're going to classes and you play 20, 30, 40 games and then going to the pros and playing potentially in a 140 game season? It's a lot different but I would say the college schedule is more demanding because you know you're, you're up in the morning to lift and then you go straight from lift to class. You go straight from class to the field. And then you go straight from the field to usually tutoring. And so your days are pretty much booked. Whereas here, you know, you show up to the field around 2. and But it does weigh on you, the amount of games you play. It's a lot of games. All right. So uh, in walking around here today, someone mentioned that you have the ability to eat an apple without using your hand. <laughs> I do. It comes up every time. Why? <laughs> First, why does it come up? <laughs> <laughs> well, this one time in college, I just looked at an apple and I thought to myself, I think I can eat that in one bite. Yeah. And a buddy of mine was like, no way. So during a rain delay, I, uh, <laughs> I did it. And now it's followed me around for everywhere. everywhere. It's become legend. Yeah, it has. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Spencer Howard also uh, spoke with us a couple weeks ago. And it was right after the All-Star game. And mm -hmm. we were talking about players being miked. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was asked who who he would most want to be miked, and he said you. Mm -hmm. And he said we would have to ask you about it. <laughs> what, really what, what do you do during the course of the day that your your teammate and battery mate uh, believes that you should be miked and that uh, that there should be a show that follows you around? Well, first <laughs> off, I'm I'm a pretty stupid guy, so yeah. some of the stuff that comes out of my mouth, uh, I guess people find funny because it's. But I'm just sort of all over the place, and, uh, you know, I try to keep it light in the dugout and joke around, and I mean, I, I'm not sure. I've heard that before, but I'm not sure it is what I do. Uh. I just try to be myself, and... I guess uh, I guess people think I need to be mic'd up. When, when you're behind home plate catching, uh, do you talk to the hitters a lot? Um, I don't talk to the hitters as much unless I know them. Yeah. But uh, I talk to the umpire a lot. The what do you, the what, other night. So for people who, who don't put on catching gear, what do you talk to with about the or with the umpire about? Um, sometimes it's about baseball stuff. Yeah. Sometimes it's completely unrelated. Um, you just talk to him about where he's from and stuff like that. Sometimes I'll have fun with him, argue with him, strike some balls in like a playful way. Uh huh. But uh, are they receptive to that? <laughs> some some <laughs> guys are, some guys aren't. Uh, the guy the other night wasn't very receptive to it. But <laughs> what, what's the worst thing an umpire said to you <laughs> during one of these discussions that you could repeat? Uh, let me think. One guy told me to uh, stop talking as much, I think. And I was like, well. <laughs> what were you saying to them that led to that? I was just talking to him the whole game, and I think I was distracting him. And uh, he was like, hey, man, uh, you got to stop talking as much so I can focus on the game. I said, all right, Tom, sorry about that. But it is what it is. <laughs> all right. Uh, so you, you've played a little bit at Lakewood, too? Yes, sir. Uh, have, did you have the chance to do the Rome trip? 
I did not. Yeah. I actually got there like a week after they did yeah, it. What's, the, what's the longest bus trip you've had to take so far in the minors? So we went to Greensboro. It was like nine and a half hours, and we stopped. And so it was like 10 hours. And the air conditioning on the bu bus broke. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Well, what do you do on those long trips besides sleep? Besides sleep, yeah. well, we try to uh, play games with the guys, conversation. A lot of just try to kill time card games. It is what it is, you know. Who's the most competitive with the card games? Most competitive in Lakewood? Yeah. Or any of your teammates this year? Most competitive teammate. Yeah, as far as the That's off the question. field card games and stuff. A lot of the guys are competitive. I would say, hmm, Luke Miller's a pretty competitive guy. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't like to lose. But, uh,. Who's the most fun on the bus rides? The most fun? Yeah. Uh, Besides you, according to Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Spencer's a pretty fun guy. Yeah? Yeah, don't let him sell you short. Uh -huh. Yeah. Do uh, you meditate with him? So, uh, I've never meditated yeah. with him. No, he's never asked me. He might think that's weird. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you mentioned the long bus ride to, to North Carolina. Are you a Waffle House guy? Oh, I'm not a Waffle House You guy. are not a Waffle House I'll guy. I'll tell you a story about yeah. Waffle House. One time, I'm pretty sure somebody spit in my eggs, and ever since then, I never go back. Really? I used to be a Waffle House guy. All right, so what's your what's your southern food of choice? My southern food of choice? Yeah. I would say Bojangles. Yeah. Cause I, but I think they have some up here. Do they? Yeah. yeah. My buddy just got some, and I was uh -huh. like, no way. They got Bojangles up here? So either that or uh, I don't know if you know what Smithfield Barbecue is. Yeah. That's good food. Okay. Yeah. All right, now, you've been up here for a couple weeks. Where do they have you uh, sleeping, putting your stuff? Uh, right now, I am in the hotel. Uh-huh. But uh, I just slept at Grant Dyer and... Addison Russell, Russell's place. I heard that's night. an interesting place. <laughs> that is an yeah. interesting place. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> uh, whenever you're with a group of pitchers like that, yeah. things can get interesting. Pitchers are all different breeds. So, well, so, so before you got here, Austin Bosart was here. Yeah. And Austin had a thing where he let the um, the bullpen pick his walk-up music. Yeah. Uh, and then they, last time we were here, Jeff Singer and the crew decided to do a little kung fu dance while they were <laughs> playing it in the middle of the game. Do you do anything fun with the pitchers? Uh, I try to. I have yeah. not done that yet. But uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll start. I don't know. When you have a, a pitcher who's who's in a in a mess and things aren't going right, what do you go out and say to him? Um, so usually with most pitchers, you want to try to get them away from the game. Yeah. So me being kind of a loose guy, I'll point out a hot girl in the stands or something or <laughs> <laughs> make a joke or something like that just to yeah. get them off the game because a lot of the times they, they start overthinking. Uh -huh. So you just want to kind of get them out of the game. And I try to make them laugh. Some guys don't, don't have it if they're in a really competitive zone, but usually it works. Yeah. Well, before we let you go, you're in, it's the dog days of August. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's a little toasty even up here in Reading. Um, do you look forward to the end of the season, or are you enjoying the season so much you kind of wish it would just keep going? Um, or a combination? A little bit of both. You yeah. know, you, you start to miss home uh, a lot because you've been – I mean, I've been out here for over 200 days now about. And uh, – but, you know, you love these guys. These guys are like, you see them every day. They're like your best friends. So it's a little bit of both. And But with this team specifically, you know, you want to see if we can make a run at it. It's always nice to win. And this team looks like a really solid, good team. So 
Right, right now, it's, you're in first place. Yep. Uh, do you guys talk a, lo- a lot about the playoffs? Uh, we do not, actually. Yeah. We, we try to take it game to game. Um, the next game's the most important one. We've got a really good coaching staff, you know, Sean Williams and Foltzy and Hennessy, Henny, Henson. And uh, they keep it light, but they make sure we know, you know, it's game to game, and you try to win the one in front of you. You don't try to look too far into the future. So, yeah. All right. Well, Jack, thanks for joining us, mm-hmm. and we look forward to following your career. Yep. Thank you, sir. Thanks a lot, man. What a fun time sitting down and talking to those two. We always have a great time when we go out to Baseball Town to talk and see what's going on out there. The Reading Fightins are back at it again tonight against Erie with Colton Eastman on the mound. The Fightins are still in first place with a record of 71-50 and 50, or four and a half games up on the Portland Sea Dogs in the Eastern League. That's going to do it for us this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Now we hand it over to Greg Caserta and Kirsten Carbach as they take you up the first pitch for the Fightins here on 610 ESPN. We'll be back next next week enjoy the ball games <laughs>